welcome to Select Match Type. I'm Simon Cargill, joined as ever by Christopher Ellis. Hi Chris, how are you? I'm very well, Saw yourself? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, we've had a bit of feedback recently. People apparently don't care how we are. Uh, we shouldn't necessarily start a podcast with general chit-chat about uh, our well-being, but I that's... care how you are, Chris. So. And I care about you, Sai. So that's very rude from other people. It is very rude from other people. I won't name and shame, but yeah, you're off the Christmas card list, unfortunately. Okay, so last uh, episode we had a bit of a diversion and we covered um, our immediate reaction to the Royal Rumble match, the the men's Royal Rumble match from 2020. Uh, We're back on the Survivor Series train and we are going to cover a match from the most recent Survivor Series, so 2019, and we're going to look at the women's tag team match from that event. Um, you actually have watched you watched it at the time, didn't you? The Survivor Series yes, from last year. I did watch the Survivor Series. Very good pay per view this year. The introduction of NXT gave it a welcome uh, freshness. So I am not necessarily a big fan of the interpromotional aspect of Survivor Series every year. That being sort of the the one time a year it it comes into focus. Um, but like you say, it was nice to have NXT um, in there as as a bit of a fresh start what i didn't particularly like about it is there was no um there was no sort of score system kept so they throughout the night they kept mentioning how many uh, matches each brand had won but there was no no actual payoff for for what they won no that's the problem with the verses it's when they when they had it for bragging rights originally and it was just bragging rights that's fine just have a one-off pay-per-view not have it one of the big four but when they've then moved it across the survivor series you have to have some kind of payoff for it. Yeah, there was talk of um, that the Royal Rumble, it was going to be based on... Um, so they were going to have um, 10 from NXT, 10 from Raw, 10 from SmackDown, and the winner of overall would get the th- number 30 pick. That was the rumour a few months ago, but it just didn't materialise, really. Yeah, I mean, that would work. You could give the surviving members the last spots into the, into the Rumble, if you want to do I suppose the danger with that... They worry you're either gonna have have to bring down the Survivor Series matches to a one a one person winner, which they don't always do, or you're gonna lose the la- the joy at the last spots of the Rumble by knowing who who's already coming in. Yeah, I guess you could do it where the um, winning team overall get a higher proportion of people in the Rumble. Yeah, with a sort of fantasy booking how Survivor Series should work, but. Yeah, I, I do think it's a slight issue with the the format. Um, glad you tend to agree with me. And with the yeah, with the whole bragging rights system, it didn't just because there's no there's no payoff. You need a payoff, and Survivor Series comes late late enough in the year with the run up then into the Royal Rumble that you can you've got time to work with it and do something for it. Yeah, I agree. So the fact that this um, Survivor Series introduced NXT meant that for the first time ever there was three-way um, Survivor Series matches. So normally you've obviously got the traditional five-on-five matches. So this time it was five-on-five-on-five five um, for for the Survivor Series match. Uh, the traditional Survivor Series matches in total um, on the card there were seven interbrand matches, including the pre-show. Um, not all of them were Survivor Series elimination matches, but they were all triple threat, which. Was it, it sort of kept the theme nicely together, I suppose. Um, so we'll just go through the team. So we had Sasha Banks as the SmackDown captain with uh, Nikki Cross, Carmella. Uh, they, um, Lacey Evans. Yeah, Lacey Evans. Um, so Nikki Cross, Carmella and Brooke were quali- had to do qualification matches to be in the team. And we had Lacey Evans then announced later. Uh, so that was Team SmackDown. Charlotte Flair was the captain for Team Raw. Um, 
that team had Natalia, Sarah Logan, the Kabuki Warriors with Asuka or Asuka, as the uh, team seems to call her all the time, and uh, Carrie Sane. The Kabuki Warriors, is is that a racist um, or stereotype no. name? No, I don't. I don't mind. I don't think it's so bad. And I think Asuka, if they had a big problem with it, she probably she probably would bring it up. I don't think. I don't, yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't have too much of a problem with it. And to be fair, let's face it, WWE have done far worse. Yeah, it's not as on the on the nose as like Kai and Tai when they they used to come out with dubbed um, no. promos. And no, stuff we haven't like got that. we haven't got Roddy Piper blacked up. Yeah, so. That's fair. Um, then we've got the NXT team, uh, team captain Rhea Ripley. The rest of the team was then announced after War Games, which was on the Saturday night before the um, Survivor Series on the Sunday. So we had Candice LeRae, Bianca Belair, uh, Lochery, and Tony Storm. Um, feel like they're at a big disadvantage um, having just beaten the seven shades (laughs) in a war games match um and it wasn't that they then qualified on the back of it triple h announced who was going to be in the match after that um yeah those having war games and then then qualifying for uh yeah qualifying would be a little bit of a tall order having said that i don't particularly like the um where it's brand versus brand i do like i do like it when there's um qualification matches to decide who's in there so they're actually earning their spot not just oh we'll do one qualification match and then we'll announce someone else's I, I like it to be consistent if that's what they're going to do um but yeah i'm just not that really into the brand versus brand stuff because there's no sort of no you're laying you're laying into the brand versus brand stuff today and it's um well it started in like 2004 didn't it with like the rick flair vince version and they're still going back to the well every every so often, but if it's not yeah. broken, don't fix it. Yeah, there was a game actually. So, did you ever play Wrestling Manager? Um, it was by the same people who did Wrestling Revolution 3D. It was a phone game. No, never played it. So you basically there's I think there was five different federations, um, and it was largely like loosely based on real ones. So ECW had like mock-ups of because um, they didn't have the rights for anything so they had, so like, had mock-up th- versions of tommy dreamer like yeah tommy Bob, nightmare yeah, <laughs> johnny like, nightmare and stuff like that tony yeah. nightmare <laughs> yeah something like that there was bork laser that was brock lesnar <laughs> i remember that one uh, but you were basically competing against all the different federations every week for ratings and stuff and then um at the end of each calendar year there was always a uh, inter uh, federation thing where you won uh, the rights to the contracts for, for that so yeah that's another thing they could potentially look at but i guess that sort of breaks kayfabe a bit more and it's contracts and <laughs> yeah, true. working with different federations if they take booking lessons if they're going to take start taking booking lessons from mobile phone games as well we're in a, yeah, in we're a having problems. <laughs> yeah okay so to the match itself so we get team entrances uh, which again means that we don't get individual um intro music for, for the wrestlers and they not... come out to the the um the, the theme tune of the show so we get smackdown first um did quite like the fact that all of the women were in blue so it was um they they were sort of dressed as a yeah team. i don't I'm, I'm still never going to be a fan of the group entrance give everyone their own pop let them come out They've earned it. They're, they're there. People want to watch them. Let them come out and get a pop. Yeah. Same with the men's as well. I don't understand why they bury it in this way. I think it would add a couple of, well, more than a couple of minutes to the 
uh, runtime. You wouldn't have necessarily need them to have like the full entrance. You could no, do it until like halfway down the entrance ramp or something like that. Exactly, like they used to back in the day. You'd have just one come out and then halfway down, new mu- next music hits. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, we then um, cut to the commentary team. Michael Cole on commentary introduces Hall of Famer King, uh, Jerry the King Lawler, and Hall of Famer Beth Phoenix. Look, Michael, it's not happening. You're not going into the Hall of Fame yet. <laughs> I'm sure that you will do in the future, but um, yeah, he, he was very much pining for it here. Yeah, he, he'll be he'll be in there eventually. He's got to wait his time, you know, a couple of dodgy British with the law, some stuff they need to sweep under the rug. <laughs> the hide and Reich stuff. Exactly, yeah. Edited out of the network. But... A couple of wellness breaches and he'll be right in there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Just needs to commit murder and he'll be there. Um, we then get Raw come out. I noticed that the crowds were really... Uh, booing the Raw and SmackDown teams and then when NXT come out they're chanting uh, NXT as they come out it's almost like a, a smart sort of crowd for this yeah as as King says on or Cole on commentary I can't remember which one it is when they say the fact they've had war games the, the day before doesn't make them the, make them the underdog and people do love an underdog and people just love NXT because NXT is the brand to be on right now. Yeah, it was well. It's been the same um, for the last couple of years in the Royal Rumble match. Like the NXT people that come out seem to get a much bigger pop than the sort of mid card and below on Raw and SmackDown yeah. and stuff. So yeah, um, throughout um, there's a lot of NXT chances they're coming out, and when they all get in the ring. Um, okay, so we get um, Lacey Evans. Um, in the uh, in the match to start, she she's so much like Liberty Bell from uh, from Glow. It's ridiculous. Powers of free, powers of rage. <laughs> it's brilliant. Maybe maybe she'll swap with someone. <laughs> like they, spoilers for anyone that's not seen the second series of or third series of Glow. Is it? She's re- Lacey Evans is really good, really good here though. Yeah. I like the fact I like the fact she takes out the hand- handkerchief. Why? Gives herself wide. Yeah, gives herself wide out. Yeah, that was that was funny. Um, Cole talks talks up the fact that you're going to see some unlikely alliances because it's triple threat. That's not necessarily the thing with triple threat matches, and you never really consider that like you would get unlikely alliances. You the, the problem with triple threat is always the same because there's only it's only ever worked it's only ever worked properly once with Triple H and Michaels against Benoit, where they've actually teamed up for a sustained period and gone right. Okay, we're going to take this person out normally. Because you're constantly trying to break up pin attempts. You don't have an alliance for more than 20 seconds. Unless you just batter someone, there's going to be an attempt to win at some point, either by putting them in a submission or trying to pin them. So, yeah, it's it's not something I feel, thought particularly needed pointing out. But, yeah. Anyway, we'll go into some of the, um, the, the big spots from the match. So, uh, Tony Storm hits a double German suplex after um, Mickey Cross is held from behind, which I thought was a nice nice spot. We get uh, Carrie Zane and Lochery and Carmella all tagging in. Um, and Carrie Zane and Lochery sort of, because they were on NXT together, they sort of fight. They alone. face off. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. face off with Carmella getting increasingly annoyed that she's being ignored. I really don't like Carmella. I'm not sure what it is about her. I, didn't, I thought she. I thought that that spot where she's screaming and, and annoyed that she's being ignored by them works really well. Yeah. And then later on when she's frustrated that she can't get the pin on Charlotte, and Belair, and she's constantly just screaming. screaming. Yeah, I. There's just something about her that really annoys me. Oh, she can't. Um, she can't wrestle a lick. But... No. <laughs> she can moonwalk though, so <laughs> she gets put over. Yeah. So she uh, pushes Lochery, so they both beat her up. Um, 
until she tags out, leaving the other two. Um, then we get some really high-flying stuff with Huracaranas, flips, cartwheels, um, really high-paced stuff. The sort of thing that ten you tend to see on NXT quite often by all accounts. Um, yeah, that was... That was fun. Uh, we get Dana Brooke then doing a cartwheel elbow to the corner. Shades of when China used to do it. Um, sort of springboard flips and yeah, back back elbow in. Uh, she then goes up to the, the top for a senton um, to, uh, for a near fall. And then we get a lot of roll-up attempts I've written. Yeah. <laughs> so many attempts to yeah get a small package and well a roll-up and, and that sort of thing. There's a lot. While, while there's a few really good big spots here... When you can when you compare it to what the AEW ladder ladder match was, I know obviously we've got a different kind of match type. Yeah. But when you look at that and the spots, they were just spot, 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 spot. There's a lot of there's a lot of just general. I don't want to say basic wrestling because they do it really well. There's a lot of just general move, 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 spot. Whereas AEW were very much move, spot, 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 move. Yeah. No, I think that's probably fair. Um, but as I say, but. That's a, as as we have the roll up there. It's fine because the spot stuff they do is really good. Yeah, I, I. And if you compare yeah. sort of um, wrestling from these women yeah. in this match to what we were getting in the mid two thousands, where the only time you'd ever see women on pay per views was like bra and panties matches or someone being thrown in gravy, it's a, a completely different world almost, isn't it? It is. So, it is very. Thankfully, we've moved on. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we get Candice Lorraine tagged in, and she hits some big chops on on Lacey Evans, who solves them really well. Um, Rhea Ripley then gets tagged in for a, a massive pop from the crowd. Um, she hits her drop kick. Uh, to Lacey Evans off the apron um, into the armbar from Asuka Asuka. Keep calling her Asuka because that's the name of, uh, way of name is spelled. But it's like Arkansas. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, that's broken up, um, and then we get everyone in the ring. We get drop kicks, super kicks, suplexes. Um, for me, Charlotte Spear stood out in all of that as a, a big spot. I don't know if you. No, yeah, it's, it's it, she she hits it very well. She's a yeah, so owner, uh, of the be- owner of the best spear for about two months until Edge, Edge returns. Well, we don't, you don't even need to see that, do you? <laughs> Camera will cut away from it. There is a, a great um, Facebook page that's been set up off the back of that where... Um, I've had a look at it. I've had a look at it. I've seen it. It's, so it's You Think You Know memes, and it's the same picture of Edge looking like he's about to burst into tears uh, with different text on it, which, yeah, there's, there's some good, good ones on the internet. Um, yeah, so check those out. Um, yeah, so basically everyone comes in. We get everyone taking big moves. Uh, bar Sasha Banks, who's just left. Um, yeah, she's left on on her own in the ring. Um, we then get we got Lushery and Larray selling injuries um, with NXT looking really annoyed about what's happened, and they get carried off into yeah, the back. Yeah, that that is a really weird moment because I've I've won. They're gen they're genuinely injured, but we know. They're not because we know we get them back later on. Yeah. Or two, it's supposed to be sold. It's it's supposed to be sold as spot, but everyone then just stops wrestling. Yeah. We it's don't really have, strange. We don't have everyone, everyone just stand stops. there. Stands there. You get the SmackDown and Raw teams in the ring like mouthing off. Why aren't they carrying on? Why aren't yeah. they trying to? <laughs> Normally, like, when you do that, you'd have them, you'd have them carried out, but you'd have the action continuing in the ring. But they just everyone just stops, which makes it look like. Either a real injury, which we know isn't, or they've just completely lost what they were doing at that moment. Yeah. 
No, I, I agree. It was I, at the time. I thought um, it was a real injury, like you say, because everyone completely stops. But yeah, they come back later, so it's not that. So it was just a bit strange. The king at the end does play up that they he thinks that they play and cheat. Yeah. So maybe, maybe it's that. But the only one who carry the only one who comes through that moment with any credit is Lacey Evans because she's on the on the ropes blowing them a kiss as they're yeah. taken as they're taken away. Yeah, with a handkerchief in the other hand blowing kisses. Yes. Yeah. She is really good in that. The thing with Lacey Evans, I think she only really works as a heel character, like an arrogant heel character. Like I don't particularly like her as a as a face. No, it's not. It's the problem is this character you can't. After you go, yeah, she's a Southern Belle. There's not a lot else she can do with it. No, she is pretty decent in the ring as well. Like she's had some good matches and stuff. So maybe she'll move away from that gimmick eventually. But while she's that sort of character, I just, yeah, I think it would work much better as a heel rather than the sort of face push that she's had recently. She's not, she's not going to get pushed up to the top of the card for the women's though anyway. They've got their, their full at the top yeah. at the moment. I mean, she was in the title match at the Royal Rumble, but um, it was unlikely she was going to win yeah, the title. Yeah, that was just a full space. No one remembers um, the title matches really at the Royal Rumble no. other than um, Triple H, Cactus Jack from 2000. That's the only one really that people remember, isn't it? You very rarely get them, um, where they, the titles change hands there. Um, right, back to Survivor Series rather than our ongoing coverage of the Royal Rumble, which seems to have taken over our lives recently. Um, so we get, as, as the match restarts, we get um, Rhea Ripley, uh, Charlotte Flair, and Sasha Banks in as it restarts. The crowd are now um, really hot, um, ready ready for it to explode, but then for some reason Rhea Ripley tags out, which was a bit of an anti-climax. Um, no, because... I can see why they did it because it's a case of oh yeah yeah I want to fight you come on then bring it's just smart it's just it's just that clever ring so it's like yeah oh you want oh you want to wrestle me fine I'm just gonna tag out yeah but they're sort of, they were trying to build or they're trying to build Rhea Ripley up as this like badass that doesn't back down from anyone apart from like Charlotte Flair or I'll tag out I'm yeah, not I'm, giving the crowd what they want I don't yeah I think that's part of it though isn't it? it's a case of keep the crowd. Don't give them what they want immediately. So just make them work for it, and just I think having a look a lot, having making a look smart with a little bit of psychology isn't the worst way to go. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, anyway, she uh, gets tagged out for uh, Bel Air. Um, Nikki Cross then hits a crossbody off the apron to um, Storm on the outside, but everything's just sort of ignored in the ring, and that means that um, Bel Air can then get a roll up on Nikki Cross, um, who. Belair manages to get a feet on the rope and uh, Rhea Ripley holds the feet there. So the, the NXT heel revolution continues, it seems. Beautiful. You love, you love to see it. Yeah. Bianca Belair gets Carmella in, up in a torture rack. You don't really see torture racks too much these days, do you? No, that's because they were an awful move that yeah. looked, <laughs> looked ridiculous. But it, I didn't necessarily like the torture rack, but she um, sort of inverts it into sort of a cross between a... Um, F5 and an FU, so sort of spins and plants her at the same time, which I thought was a nice, um, yeah, nice, nice move. Bella's really, really decent in this match. I know they they sell a lot of what she can deadlift, deadlift and bench press, and she she shifts a lot of weight. She's pretty strong. She looks yeah. really. She comes across as a powerhouse. Definitely and. Again, sorry to bang on about it, but she had a really strong showing recently in the Royal Rumble, so it seems like maybe she's the one from NXT, the next sort of cab off the rank from NXT to be moved up to the main card. Most likely, the way it's yeah. looking. 
Um, Sarah Logan knocks Bella um, out of the ring, and then we get a running knee off the apron to the outside, which takes out Bella and Rhea Ripley, uh, which was a nice spot I thought. Um, back in the ring, uh, in the ring, sorry, uh, Bianca Bella then hits a 450 splash, which was which is beautiful, yeah. <laughs> absolutely amazing. So being like, yeah, that strong, but still being able to to do 450 splashes, incredible. Um, yeah, Sarah Logan's eliminated, um, and the next thing we get is Charlotte Flair telling Bianca Blair, you're going to kiss my ass, which is weird smack talk. <laughs> Did you pick up on that? Yeah, because yeah, she she slaps it as well, doesn't she? That's the... Uh... Yeah, it's it's an odd, <laughs> odd way of taunting someone, I suppose. But... Yeah, it's... Yeah, not... Especially... It's really weird as well with, with Blair, because obviously... They're, they're southern, and Belair is black, and it's not it's not maybe the look you want to go for. There's undertones there, some from, yeah. from history is what yeah, I guess. Um, Charlotte Flair hits a big boot and then goes up to the top for a moonsault. Charlotte's moonsault is great. Um, Charlotte Flair has a great moonsault, um, but Belair um, manages to get a set-out power, or looks like he's going to go for a set-out powerbomb off the top, but it sort of gets turned into a hurricanrana um, with the hair landing on Belair, which was an, an interesting spot. Yeah, it's... Sorry, I've explained that horribly. <laughs> I, I, know the, I know the spot. I know the hur- yeah, because it looks like she's going to powerbomb her from the top rope yeah. and turn into, turns into hurricanrana. Yeah, and yeah, Bianca Belair uses her hair yeah. as sort of a whip. In, yeah, because Lawler... Or Cole again picks up on it when they when she's climbing up because they say, a hair don't because she says don't step on it. Yeah, it's like she'll use it as a weapon. Yeah, have, have you seen matches where she's done that? So she would just like swing her head around. In fact, it was um, Royal Rumble a couple of years ago when we watched it in Walkabout, and you'd we'd on a siesta at that at that point. We had had quite a few brew dogs by that point in the evening, and it was what like four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. but yeah. Yeah, she was doing that to everyone in the in the Royal Rumble. I'm sure it would have looked great if I'd have been away. Yeah, <laughs> I'd have been away for it. Yeah, we then get um, the moment you were talking about earlier, where Carmella keeps going for different pin attempts and just screams after each one. My immediate reaction was, "That's very loud." She's. <laughs> I she turned is, my TV down. She is very loud. I thought I thought it was people on the outside of the ring shouting because you don't really see her. She's moving while she's screaming. She's quite. Yeah. It's, it reminded me a bit of um, Christian when he used to have his um, hissy fits. And, yeah, so she would she was going for a pin on one um, one person, then going to the other, then back to the other. She tried it like four times and was getting more and more frustrated. It's your own fault. Do something different. Yeah. yeah. If you didn't pin him off the first one, and you give him 30 seconds, you're not going to then pin him again. Definitely not. <laughs> Charlotte Flair then hits natural selection on Carmella. Um, so it's an okay finisher, but it's a bit sort of anticlimactic if it's not done well I think, I think it look, I thought it looks good because it's, essentially it's just a net breaker isn't it only yeah. she goes she goes over the top so she'll flip yeah, so as she lands the lands it yeah so Carmella's on her knees um, Charlotte Flair comes from behind flips over into sort of like a cutter so a bit like an RKO and yeah. stuff like that but yeah that's uh, Carmella gone which leaves us with four from uh, from Raw what we think is three from NXT and also three from SmackDown. Um, yeah, then we get Kyrie Sane coming back in. She hits um, a lovely spinning back fist, which um, you see a lot in sort of mixed martial arts, but not necessarily in wrestling. Um, goes up to the top for a big um, elbow. She gets incredible height on that. It was like 
Macho Man or when CM Punk sort of adopted that. Um... Is a class. Is there's something beautiful to watch with a an elbow drop. You know, it's not going to win a match, but yeah, it's a piece of history. You love, to, you do love to see it again. Yeah, the, like I say, the height she gets is is pretty incredible. Um, looks like that's going to be um an elimination, but the cover gets broken up by Sasha Banks, who then hits the um running knee and eliminates um Carrie Sane. So. Yeah, that's another one bites the dust. Yeah, we get a few pinfalls in a short. Could we go about? We go about fifteen minutes or so before we actually get our first, our first pinfall. Yeah, and then it's just a block yeah. of ev- everything <laughs> results in an el- elimination. They squeeze it into about ten minutes. Could we then have a good solid five, six, seven minutes at the end? Yeah. Um, Asuka then comes in and hits uh, a lot of kicks. She hits a running bulldog and a clothesline um, on two people simultaneously, which was which was cool. Um, she hits a spinning kick to Dana, uh, to, to Brooke, um, which looks beautiful, which is really nice, and that eliminates her. So yeah, carrying on the sort of we are knocking out pinfalls <laughs> to set up towards the end of the um, end of the match. Um, then we get a bit of infighting between uh, Team Raw, so Asuka and Flair end up uh, pushing and shoving and end up brawling with each other. Um, Flair decides. Um, that she's well, she's team captain, so she, she's staying in the ring. Um, she hit some massive chops on Evans. Wonder where she got those from, <laughs> as the uh, the crowd woo. Um, she then does a nip up and goes into the strut. She just looks a bit like a drunk uncle when she's doing yeah, the strut. The, though, yeah, not. the strut is not. It's for Rick. It's not for. It's not for you. No. Asuka comes in um, on the back of what we were talking about and hits Green Mist. Um, and then just decides that she's had enough and, and is leaving. I always wonder with the green mist, what exactly it's made up of. Apparently it's water and food colouring. But it stays, it stays on there. Yeah. That's the because I, I look and I go, well, it can't. Obviously, it can't be something. De- it can't be something that could genuinely blind you. What are you talking about? It's poison. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, yeah. So we can't, we can't risk actually someone being blinded one day with it. So it has to be something. It has to be something like food, food colouring. Something that if you get in your eyes, it's fine. But it's it just stays covered. It, it doesn't does. go. I don't know what how they do it. The other thing is where would so I assume let's say it's food colouring mixed with water. Do they keep it in a capsule and then put it in their mouth or is it sort of in their mouth the whole time? We need to get to Jiri on as a guest there. <laughs> He's the expert. I, isn't he? I imagine they while the action's going in the ring and people are distracted while it's all good. That she probably there's probably something at ringside that she a quick mouthful to come back in to keep in her mouth. Yeah, possibly. I reckon. But even would... then, like if she's in the ring for say ten minutes in of action and then hits it, like she's gonna have to wrestle for a while with that in her mouth. It's That's... a bit like when we were talking about um, people that have um, carry blades in their mouth as opposed to like in their strapping or in their tape or whatever. That's the thing with the with the, with the mist though, because do you whenever she's you won't see a wrestle for a ten minute stretch and then here. She'll be out of the ring or she'll come back she'll be dragged back in. So That makes it incredibly predictable when it's gonna happen though, doesn't it? Yeah. Clearly clearly there's a bait and switch though when you're looking at something else and she must be putting it in her mouth then. But as I say, I need to know I need to know what it is actually made of. I need to know how they get it to stay that long. I'm sure there'll be like a YouTube video on like secrets of wrestling. No, because there'll be there'll be something that says, "Oh, you can use this. It's incredibly safe, and I'll end up blinding myself." Yeah, possibly. <laughs> I, I wasn't suggesting we start spraying green mist at each other, but we can do it if you like. 
the other thing about um, sort of that moment is Natalia's just stood on the apron doing nothing. She doesn't like protest with them to stop like fighting with each other. She's just sort of disinterested. Like she's staying out. Oh, yeah, this is happening. I'll just stay. Just stay out of it. No, not my problem, bro. No. Um, so Natalia comes in, um, hits her. We get another roll-up attempt, but this one it finally, finally works. We get um, Lacey Evans eliminated with a roll-up. Um, oh, we we did miss that Charlotte Flair after she was blinded got eliminated. By oh Evans yeah, sorry, well. yeah, yeah. Lacey Evans hits the women's right uh, finisher on um, on Charlotte to eliminate Flair, um, and then Natalia gets ro- um, a roll-up on Evans. So we get a, a clean roll-up elimination on the. About 700th attempt in the match. Um, so that leaves NXT um, on three and the other two teams on one. Yeah. We get Natalia then having uh, put in uh, Nikki Storm in the uh, sharpshooter as um, Sasha Banks come, comes in and also um, gets the bank statement, which is sort of a cross face. So they're in the sharpshooter and the, um, the, the bank's statement, the... The double submission. Um, so yeah, that's the elimination. Um, they get uh, Bianca Belair eliminated um, by the old sort of heart attack um, double team, where Natalia lifts her off the ground and Banks runs off the ropes for a for a clothesline. Um, you're not as good as uh, as, you, as your dad or <laughs> at doing that move particularly. Well, I think it's actually Sasha Banks that just doesn't do the clothesline as well. She as didn't get any. Heart. She didn't get any height. She doesn't get any height on it. Yeah. Um, so it comes with, it comes about chess. She closes on to about chess level. Yeah. No. That, exactly. So um, that's Bianca Blair eliminated. Now we're left with Rhea Ripley, Natalia, and Sasha Banks. Um, Natalia and Banks sort of agree to team up and then start walking to the corner. Uh, Banks then spins and put um, on Natalia and punches her. Gets a punch elimination essentially. Yeah, that's is an odd one. This uh, so on the previous episode, previous Survivor Series episode, I was saying that I don't necessarily like that you get eliminations from non-finishers. Being eliminated on a punch is just like the ultimate burial. How's how's the the thing is though? How's that different to Lacey Evans' women's right? Yeah, or like the big show's big right. Yeah, so yeah, I suppose. So now just anyone punch is anyone when people are just punching each other? Are they now just stealing Lacey Evans' finisher? Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, so that leaves us with Sasha Banks against Rhea Ripley. Um, Michael Cole talks her up as the future um, with what sounds like the most disinterested, scripted words <laughs> imaginable from Michael Cole. Michael Cole, Cole, yeah, Michael Cole who would have thought? Yeah, speaking about enthusiasm, who, who could have seen that coming? Yeah. Um, we then get... Uh, it's Sasha, Edge. It's Edge is uh, who it is. He's returned. We get Sasha Banks going for the Tornado DDT, sort of the springboard. Rhea Ripley um, blocks it and powers up, which was impressive strength and balance. Um, um, Banks then gets um, the Meteora, I think it's called. Yes. Off the top. Um, which look impressive. Which is a sort of double, double knee to the head. Um, and she comes, yeah, and lands on the chest as it goes, as it comes down. Yeah, it looks pretty, pretty good. That's a, a, a near fall. Is that... Um, her finisher, Sasha Banks, or because no, she seems to have like she's got, four or five. She's got a couple. Finishes. I think she's got that, and obviously the bank statement submission, which I think is the. You, if when you, when you look on whether the latest version of SmackDown or whatever, if it says finish, it'll be the bank statement. Will be the first one listed. Right, fair enough. So it's one of her signature moves as opposed to one yeah, of her finishes. It'll be yeah. something along those lines. Um, so yeah, that, that um, 
doesn't get the three count. So she goes back up to the top rope um, and sort of jumps off. This is something that really needs cutting out of wrestling. So someone goes to the top rope and they jump. And if it wasn't countered, that nothing would happen. They'd just sort of land on their feet. Like, they need to make it look like they're trying to do do a move as opposed to just setting up something. Yeah, there is. We know it's fake, but it makes it look. E- it does make it look even worse. Go, I'm going to climb to the top rope and I'm going to jump down. Oh my God, take that. Yeah. Well, you, you weren't expecting that. Um, so, unsurprisingly, that, that attempt at no move gets reversed um, into a big boot. Um, then, about 30 seconds later, Beth Phoenix decides to react and go, that's it. <laughs> it was such a delay. It was like she was watching it <laughs> from a different room or something. She probably um, had the same network issues everyone else has. Maybe. <laughs> so, yeah... Um... Then Rhea Ripley gets Banks into sort of an, a Texas cloverleaf, but it's more of an upright one rather than on the ground. So she's quite impressively holding her whole weight. Um, but Sasha Banks manages to roll it through into what Michael Cole describes as a bank statement of her own. Doesn't work because she wasn't actually going for the bank statement. Um, Texas cloverleaf, very impressive move. Uh, reminds me a lot of Dean Belinko back in the day, a bit wasted in WWE, WWF. Um, He's still there in backstage doing the coaching and technical stuff. That's probably a Malenko touch. Possibly. Yeah, I didn't really think about that. But yeah, I never really saw Malenko do one where he was holding someone off the ground. But yeah, anyway. Well, um, no, he's four foot two. <laughs> well, this is, you, maybe he was holding everyone <laughs> off the ground every time. Um, yeah, so Sasha Banks reverses it into bank statement submission. Um, then we get the other two NXT ladies back out. Um, they pull Rhea Ripley out of the ring. Um to, to basically break up the submission. The ref sort of jaws at them to, to get back in the ring. Not sure why he just doesn't count them out. That's what I would probably do, enforce the rules of uh, of the contest. But I'm not sure. There is count-outs in Survivor Series matches, right? There are count-outs, disqualifications. To be fair, though, Ripley is the legal person, so he'd need to count her out or disqualify. Yeah, but she's outside the ring, so... Yeah, I'm sure. She gets it's back almost, in anyway. Sorry, it's guys. almost like the referee gets distracted and they, they, they <laughs> use that to their advantage. Who would have thought in a in a traditional Survivor Series match? Yeah, the ref gets distracted by Leray and Cherie, um, or Shirai, sorry. Um, and then we then get the, the pump handle power bomb, which is sort of a riptide. Um, pump handle slam. There was only ever really Road Dog that used it as a finisher. Um feel like Rhea Ripley's maybe destined for, for better things in her career than Rodog was as a, single, oh. as a singles guy, not as a tag team. You didn't know <laughs> that Rhea Ripley's to not trying to shag her. <laughs> maybe not. Welcome to the doghouse. And so on. Uh, yeah, and so the, the riptide, the pump handle slam gets the three and NXT win. Um, straight after the match, Jerry the King Lawler questions their tactics and goes on to say that they straight up cheated. Uh, so that that's the end of the match. What did you think then, Chris? Really enjoyed this one. NXT being, uh, as we were saying earlier, adds a whole fresh new flavour to the typical Survivor Series match. Although we still need them to actually be fighting for something rather than just the honour of their brand. Because I don't think any of them give a fuck about the honour of their brand. No, no, I completely agree. I thought the action was really good. It was high flying and quite a lot of power stuff as well, particularly with um, Ripley and Belair and some of Charlotte Flair's moves in there. Um, there was a nice story as well with um, Asuka and Flair going forward, which leads into the TLC um, match for the tag titles that they had, which was, was really good at the 
TLC pay-per-view, which was after this. Um, as you mentioned, though, for me, uh, the main problem is what are the stakes? What um, what do NXT gain from winning this match or winning overall at, at Survivor Series? And yeah, I think it's something I don't particularly like. And with, we've talked about it already, but the brand split only becoming relevant once or twice a year means that it doesn't really matter. Commentary. So we, we know, we've have, um, it's fair to say, been unkind or justifiably some would say towards Michael Cole and the, the commentary team but I didn't actually think it was too bad in this no they're actually really toned down I'm not sure if they've been instructed just to dial it back a bit although for Michael Cole to dial it back a bit will be on the floor <laughs> that's true yeah the only thing that slightly annoyed me um, it's something Michael Cole does all the time probably because he's just getting lines fed into his ear but speaks <laughs> the amount of times that he says things like boss legit boss um yeah it, it's the same as when um roman reigns comes out it's always the big dog and sort of reels off the trademarked um nicknames and stuff did get a little bit worse towards the end but i didn't think the commentary was all that bad considering we had cole and and king at ringside king didn't shout puppies at any point so no it's it's quite dangerous to have King doing uh, women's match. He came out and did the women's Royal Rumble, but then wasn't there for the men's um, on commentary this year, which is odd, an odd oh, decision. Really. Oddly has no interest in men when the women are <laughs> Weird that, yeah. Okay, so back to, the, to this match. So what was your um, star rating then, Chris? I gave this a very well-deserved three and a half stars. It was it was good. It was functional, but I really I really enjoyed it. It's not quite there with the classics because the storyline doesn't feed into being a classic, but a very solid world of match. Yeah, I completely agree. I think this is the first time we've actually been on par with our ratings, but I've also given it three and a half stars. Um, thought the in in ring stuff, as I talked about, was really good. Um, bit of a rely upon roll ups and failed roll ups, but you get that from any triple threat match and any um, Survivor Series elimination. So yeah, on the whole, positive. Uh, Dave Meltzer actually gave it two and three quarter stars, which do you think was a bit harsh, maybe? And uh, two, yeah, it was harsh. There's there's nothing wrong with the match. That's the thing. If you go if you're going below average, there has to be something wrong with it. Fair enough. Well, I guess two and a half stars is average. Yeah, so I just realised. I'm literally just realised what I said. <laughs> so slightly above average is what Dave Bells is saying. Well, if you're giving it slightly above average, <laughs> there's got to be something wrong with it. But... Yeah, I guess so. Okay, any any closing thoughts before we uh, tease what we're going to cover in our next episode? No, the only thing I hope is that with NXT now being the third brand rather than the uh, the stepping stone to Raw and SmackDown. We see more more crossover, but it actually meaning something. And for the love of God, we don't want takeover. We don't want invasion angle again. Oh, I don't know. I it doesn't work. I love the invasion angle. We'll get to that, I'm sure, in, later on in the series. It doesn't quite work when they're all on the same. When they're all owned by the same company. No, I guess not. The other. Um, so yeah, you mentioned sort of uh, AEW in there. So. The thing that AEW do quite well, and maybe they could look at a similar model, but they have sort of um, a league table for who's won the most matches, and that's what they base title shots and stuff like that on. So maybe that could count towards something later on in the year, um, as it does does in AEW. But yeah, it's a, it's something needs to change for it to to be um, to be kept interesting and kept fresh in terms of the brand split. I remember Starcade doing that once with a round robin tournament with Sting. Flair, the great Muta, 
I can't remember the other singles were. And then there's four tag teams, including the Steiners, Road Warriors, and... What, and Great Muta team and so on. They just had it was just a round robin tournament over one one evening, just on a league just on a league basis. That sounds interesting. And what the winners got what, got the championships or they got a title? Shot no, it's just, uh, if I remember rightly, again it was an annoyingly just when them playing for uh, pride and recognition. All oh, right. Future Shock, I think, was eighteen nine. I'm not. I'm sure gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna, gonna, gonna put, my, I'm gonna put my neck out. Say Say eighty nine. Fair enough. The other, so it sounds similar to the sort of dusty tag team classic that they have in um, NXT these days, but that's not in one night. That's over a space of about a month or so. Anyway, I feel like we've gone a, a long way from Survivor Series 2019 here, so we'll, we'll wrap things up uh, just with a, a quick uh, look forward to what we're going to cover next time. So we're heading back in time. Um, if, if you like um, WrestleMania having the number after, we're going to Survivor Series 2. And it's going to be chaotic because we've got 20 men all in the ring at the same time. And then we're going to talk about the wrestling. (laughs) Okay, thanks very much for listening. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. See you next time. Bye.